0: Well, hello, Radiant Friend. Welcome back. It's good to see you again. Uh, how are you? How are you feeling this week? What's moving? What's grooving? Um, grab something warm, a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, or maybe something cool, whatever your preference is. Let's light a candle together and create a moment of connection and magic and possibilities. I got my pillar candle here from the dollar store. By the way, I am testing out, experimenting, working through what my um, system will be and routine for how I share and create and share content and the balance between the podcast and um, YouTube. So you might be listening to this in the Walking in Magic podcast or watching on YouTube if you're watching. Hello. Hello. And we'll see how it goes. I wanna be, I wanna do it in a way that really feels aligned. And it's also stretching me into new ways to generate content and share ideas. And I also wanna do it in a smart way because I have a lot going on in life, as you probably do as well. And there's one of the threads that we're gonna talk about in this video in particular regarding themes for 2024 has to do with this uh, conversation around consistency um, and commitment to your projects and your ideas and what that might look like for you. So all of this is in the realm, and I'm sharing in a very like honest behind the scenes kind of thing. This is all in the realm of how I am in that space right now, and I will continue to be in that space. So without further ado, let's dive right in to themes of 2024. Um how how do these come through? Why? Um, Let me preface all of this by saying that my intention of these videos is to basically sit in the spirit of exploration and sharing of the things that I am finding significant, that I'm curious about, that I'm leaning into, that I'm like, hmm, that's an interesting thread to follow there. So some ideas that I might share maybe are a little more baked than others. And some, it's basically like we're just looking at ingredients together and I'm sharing them with you in the spirit of um, hoping that you feel inspired to connect your own dots, always following your own intuition, your knowing, uh, you are your own unique and amazing individual you have your own light print that's what I call our unique essence it's like your thumbprint your fingerprint each one of us is um, 100% unique we're all snowflakes so you have your own light print you have your own life and these ideas I think I feel a pretty good sense of trust that they will be somewhat universal in some way and that's why I want to share them here and also you do you you do you, boo. Always. So, um, I haven't even introduced myself because I'm in the flurry of like, um, <laughs> in the flurry of all the ideas in my head. So, pause. Hi, my name is Maria Alejandra. You can call me Ma. And in this space, podcast or video, whatever it is you're experiencing, we're going to sit down every week to. Um, ponder, share, explore, and um, give you both a sense of what happens when we come into that intersection of um, our leadership, mysticism, and self-advocacy. Uh, mindset, magic, and momentum is are three words that I've been saying from the beginning that I started my career as a coach, and they still land. And I think they're like almost like grown-up sisters, our leadership mysticism and self-advocacy in that but they all capture still that same vein so I want to explore it's like an event diagram where these things intersect Um, we're going to talk about what it means to walk in magic to walk in courage to create things from a space of uh, deep intention exploration possibility we're going to talk about hope and optimism we're going to talk about what to do when we're feeling like we can't we're we're stuck, we're idle, we're in that like, uh, I covered a little bit of this in my last video, I hope you do watch that one as well. Um, So, and peeling back also the layers of my own uh, experience, because I think that's always really, uh, it's something I'm definitely drawn to in other creators. Um, So finding that balance between what am I living, experiencing, learning, and then opening the space for us to do it together, to walk together. So 2024, and i um, recording this in the middle of December, 2023. The three core themes that I've been feeling and of course might evolve, but again, I have a pretty good sense of deep trust. And a lot of it is a trust fall because I don't know, there's no guarantee of what it is that I'm receiving. Um, I should also share that part of my part of my path and part of what I've really opened myself up to especially in the past two three years um, and has now taken even more significance is my ability to channel and my ability to work as a medium for let's say collective thoughts collective energies so a medium a channel um, a vessel through which we can it it often feels like I'm kind of can sense or experience or feel into future potentials and possibilities. And this shows up in my work while I'm sitting with sort of bigger collective thoughts and, and energies and um, just sort of threads um, of, of information. Um, and also it happens individually when I sit with people to read. And again, it's taken over a few years and many opportunities to sit with people and to do it myself and to kind of check back in with all of the ways and all the moments that I've like, yes, I've had these intuitive knowings and nudges that at first felt like this is all in my imagination, but it felt so strong. And so as I lean more and more and just trust and also get detached from the eventual outcome of things, because I used to be so Uh, Incredibly attached to um, the fear of not getting it right, the fear of having it having to look and sound a certain way, all those things. And the more I get detached from that, the more I'm able to really explore in this space and speak with more of a sense of trust and certainty that come from a different space. So, the first theme that I want to explore over the course of this year, and I do hope you come along for the journey, is one I also, I already alluded to, and it has to do with what I'm calling the intersection between leadership, mysticism, and self-advocacy. Each of these has its own realm of ideas and its own realm of existence that I will definitely expand upon. Particularly when it comes to self-advocacy. I'm I'm definitely planning on creating a video dedicated and an episode exclusive to that theme. It's a big one. The cosmic connection of that particular that particular through line of our 2024 potential story collectively and individually has to do in large part um, with the North Node in Aries. Um, and we've been working with that node since the middle of 2023. And we will continue to have that pulse of energy and that it's, it's like a North Star guiding and sort of pulling us forward for the entirety of 2024. So what I've said when I've spoken to clients or in uh, workshop type groups is that we've been sort of like it's been kind of like a dress rehearsal the half of this year. Um, In terms of the themes that have to do with our self, Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. I always call it the spark starter, the door opener. It's like the baby's first breath. It is this primordial energy of, ah. So the question it asks, and the question we are probably getting asked um, is, who am I? And you're getting it asked in many different dimensions in your life. And if you're listening and really paying attention with beyond sort of the 3D senses, but really paying attention to all the ways that you might be getting both triggered and also surprised and maybe delighted with the ways that this idea of who am I is blooming in your life and also causing some discomfort in favor of you breaking through who you are not. This is a lifelong journey. <laughs> Come on, like this is a, this is a big one. Um, but imagine if you will, and this is how I see a lot of the cosmic um uh, opportunities to work with these energies looks like. It's it's kind of like this cosmic university, and there is this big um uh, uh whatchamacallit, classroom. And on the door it says the school of who am I the school of self-advocacy, the school of Aries North Node and what that means for me in particular. And you look at it, you look at the door and you peek inside and you go, okay. And then you, once you sign up symbolically and you say yes to that action of I'm going to learn, then you will both, you know, you'll learn information, you'll gain new insights and you'll also go through pop quizzes, tests, lessons, midterms, um, You'll have homework. It's you've basically enrolled yourself. And I spoke about this in my last um, video as well. Soul school, your own version of soul school. And we always have this opportunity to enroll ourselves. And depending on where we're vibing and what's coming up for us individually and where we want to stretch ourselves um, in our self development and our soul development, right? Key word like soul development then we can enroll ourselves in these things and be ready to learn. (laughs) It's not a passive experience anymore. It becomes a very active experience that is now woven into your life. So this is a school of who am I and why am I? And you've probably been asking yourself this in many different forms throughout your life. And this is where rubber meets the road. It goes from just a concept that we might sort of like skim around when we choose to do the work at a deeper level, watch the frameworks of who you are not begin to shake. The foundations that that have been built over time based on how you've experienced the world and responded to it begin to shake and give way to your essence. This is also the work of Uranus. Uranus is the planet of freedom and it's the planet of uh, essentially that. He's, he wants to take us from our conditioned self to who we are in, is our essence. Um, this is an experience that happens uh, typically when we're like 41, 42, 43 years of age. Um, it's definitely connected to this whole you know, collective cliche of midlife crisis. There's a very real astrological reason why that happens. You begin to question, what have I, why have I been doing the things the way I've been doing? Um, you might all of a sudden feel like the the friends you have, the work you have, the relationships you have, all this stuff that defined who you were is not really doing the job because it doesn't really define who you are. It defines a sort of shell of who you are, but not inside. And that requires that shell, that armor, the, the path of now getting into who am I territory, like for real, for real, and exploring that will require the removal of that shell. And sometimes it cracks in such a way that you're left, like picking up the pieces, like what just happened in my life? Trust. Have trust. If anything, borrow my endless well of trust that I've developed over years of going through um, hard challenges and being in the midst of hard challenges right now. We have no guarantees, but we can have deep trust. And that's a muscle we can work on. And the trust is essentially in ourselves which is also part of where the self-advocacy comes into play, big time. Advocating for yourself is not just the act of telling others what I need is this or allowing yourself to desire what you really, really want. There's a decadent aspect when we think about self but The word selfish, for example, which can be charged, and it's just a word. There's nothing negative about it. It's a word, but it, it's had a charge that we've put on it over time. So, when I think about that, that's why I go, well, no, this is really about self advocacy. It's advocating for yourself time and time again, which is multi layered. And again, I'll expand on this in another video. But it's essentially, it's not just about telling other people what you want. It's about knowing what you want and then advocating for that in a way that is an integrity and compassion and caring for the highest good of everyone around us. But here's the thing is that we've been working in the realm of where the south node is hanging out, in Libra. The north node is an Aries, that spark, that like fire of who you truly are, the first sign of the zodiac, the primordial essence of you. And then the opposite and complementary sign that lies on the axis is Libra. Libra is an incredible sign, like all others, incredible energy. When we look at astrological uh, signs and energies through the lens of the south node, We want to look at them a little like, hmm. Um, And this is part of the work of evolutionary astrology, which, you know, I follow the work of Stephen Forrest, and I love his view on how to use the cosmos as a way to really propel us forward in our evolution. And so when we look at the south node, we want to look at the sign, Libra in this case, and we want to look at some of the more shadowy, not, um, not, not the best aspects of Libra, Libra is the bridge builder. Libra is a sign of relationships, one-to-one relationships. It's little glyph, it's symbol, even looks like a little bridge. So I always call it the bridge builder. It's a sign that's also very creative. It's very diplomatic. It's represented by the scales. Libras are like, this is right and this is wrong. And how can we be in harmony? Building bridges among each other you know, one-to-one and potentially one-to-many, although that might be another realm of more of an Aquarian energy, but let's play with Libra for a while. So Libra in the South Node basically is like a sign on the highway that says, people-pleasing, get off here. (laughs) Saying, I'm sorry for things that, like, way too much, Er, here. Codependent behavior, Er, Now, all of these are things that are, you know, really important to look at in the scope of perhaps therapy. Perhaps it's, you know, these are things that can be so ingrained in us that it's really important to take a look at them with somebody that can hold the space for us to really move through that. I talk to my therapist about these things all the time. His name is Tom and he's incredible. I'm happy to recommend him for you. If you want to send me an email, I'll send you his deets. The point is that these behaviors are also something that we can be conscious of. How often we bend in favor of others, how often we have not advocated for ourselves because we have spent so much time advocating for other people and we don't even realize that we're doing it consistently to our own detriment. We think we're supposed to because we've been somehow conditioned socially, not somehow, it's like pretty clear, we've been conditioned socially, to look at outside first and then and only then look at us. Because if we look at ourselves first, then that is selfish, then that's not wrong. That's not compassionate, that's not caring. I'm here to tell you that part of what we get to do um, as a group of incredible humans figuring out life together and also as you, the individual spark of essence that you are, is that you get to put yourself in the center of your own universe. And from there, you radiate out. When you um, anchor into yourself and then become to advocate for yourself, every other touch point that you have in your life will benefit. Relationships will become more fruitful because there's going to be an alignment of energy that you've already resourced from within. And this isn't just about a cliche prescription of self-care. This goes beyond that. This is a vital and and locked in understanding that I do believe takes time and it does take effort because we got to like come back to this time and time again of understanding that you as a self are really at the center of the story. And this does two things. First, it it bumps up against all these ideas that we've created over time that we've got to like please others to keep the peace before we take care of ourselves. And there's so many ways and dynamics that this plays out in our lives. You can think about your own. But it also does something else which is very interesting and could be potentially another, a picker even source of discomfort. It means that you accept and understand that you are solely responsible for your experience. It doesn't mean you're doing it in isolation, but it means that you understand that you are self-sufficient. Self-advocacy and self-sufficiency go hand in hand. Self-sufficiency means that you trust yourself to basically enter into any situation. And doesn't mean you have to know what to do, but you trust that you will be able to move through said situation in a way that is at integrity with who you are learning along the way, imperfect, maybe breaking a plate or two or seven, figuring it out. But that's the, that's the deeper layer of the self-advocacy conversation. And that's one of the key places where it overlaps with leadership. Leadership in terms of you understanding who you are, what you value, what matters to you, and how you want to move about your life, how you want to walk in your magic and your courage in your sense of potential and possibility, and in your vulnerability, in your rawness, and your imperfections. That is, I think, the recipe for freedom, which is what we're ultimately all looking for. There's so many things that we can try to fill that void with, like you name it anything from distractions to addictions to working to doing things for others in order to feel validated and that we like are worthy and belong, but yet still not quite feeling whole and complete and worthy because we've been putting the energy in the wrong place. We've been focusing the energy outward instead of focusing it inward. Because focusing the energy inward then does something else. It essentially opens up the Pandora's box of who I am what I really want and the questions will abound and if we feel fearful which we might of having to answer those questions because what would happen if I really if I really really honored what I wanted there's this underlying fear that things around me as they stand right now would fall apart and that's just a space where we get to sit with and ponder Because then there's nothing that's black and white about any of this. It's all beautiful different shades of gray, dare I say, shades of the rainbow so that we can bring some color into the equation. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you know who you are and then you want to be, you know, the person who lives in a small cabin in the woods, completely isolated, reading all day and gardening and that's the life you want. And then if you really were to go for that, and it's like fantasy scenario, we really want to go for that. Then what would happen to your current relationships? If you have a partner, if you have kids, if you have, you know, parents like work, job. And then it almost feels like, well, if I don't honor that thing, which could be a fantastical sort of like big notion that we haven't anchored and grounded in truth. If I were to honor that, then everything else would fall apart. So I'm not even going to look there. I'm not even, I'm going to pretend that doesn't even exist. But the thing is, it keeps tugging at your heart. So while in sort of like this reality that we live in, it may not be possible for you to go to this cabin in the woods and live in this isolated existence for six months and just be like with yourself. Wouldn't that feel like, that feels delicious to me. Just reading and gardening all day and doing magic and, you know, just, yeah. Okay, well, no. I have a husband I get to care for. I have my seven-year-old. I love them deeply. So how do I then bring that energy into my life? How do I ground that, which I know is true for me and desires that light me up? I don't have to cast them all off. I can pick certain threads of that energy and that desire and anchor them in the here and now. And that is the practice of walking in magic to such a big degree because magic is basically, um, it, it's, it's turning ideas and intentions into form in ways that also, belong, you know, um, weave in having a belief system that we can impact the world around us and the energy around us in deep ways. So, but that can also be done through the realm of mindset and through the realm of knowing that when you move yourself in new directions, have the momentum that's that's very practical, it's also incredibly magical because you are shifting the reality around you. It's a meandering path. And it's one that I have been feeling so strongly. And when these two words, self-advocacy, came through last week, it kind of shook me. And I've been sitting with it and sitting with it and sitting with it. And then I'm like, all right, well, this is something we get to talk about. And I also have a whole bunch of stories inside me that say, well, if I start talking about this, people are going to say that I'm harping on being selfish. And that's a story. That's if I were to just go with like that fear, then I wouldn't be having I wouldn't be doing this video or posting it or this podcast. I wouldn't. Um, Oh, people will say, well, it's easy for her because she's already done this mindset work. Well, you know, I can say I'm doing this all the time under really quite strenuous intense circumstances because of my life situation with my husband's illness and everything. So that gives me an edge of like, well, if I've been able to figure this out in these very intense circumstances, it's almost like being in a laboratory where you're like, if this is possible under this strenu- these strenuous conditions, then I have a firm belief that it can be possible for other people that really want to embark in that journey. So, you know, that's all the stories that come up and through when we're about to share something that feels, you know, somewhat vulnerable because it's an idea, it's cooking. um. And then I go back to, okay, well, where am I in that intersection of self-advocacy, leadership, and mysticism? Mysticism comes in because more and more I am completely locked into the idea that when we are able to sit in the the liminal space between what we know and what we don't know what we know in another way when we bring those senses online we talk about intuition we talk about you know this things that come through that you're like how do i know this but i know this mysticism is this inner desire for exploration of a mystical experience which is not defined by the physical things that we encounter every day We're drawn into the space because we are beings that are constantly feeling like there is something more. Enter the conversation of mysticism. And then magic, it's almost like a practical application of a belief system that you have whereby through certain actions that you take, you can shift and affect the energy within you and then around you. But mysticism brings us into this really deep space of inner exploration and soul curiosity. And I have a feeling that many of us, and you may be feeling the same, are going to continue to question the paradigms and the stories and all the ways that we've been told things are a certain way that have to do with your own understanding of yourself, your definition of everything, from your spirituality to your level of success and how you define it, your creativity—all of these things that come from this deeper place—that can feel sometimes hard to access, and sometimes um, um, almost like they're not practical to access. So we just keep them aside, and the and and. Yet living through, living your life um, through that lens of what is my own mystical experience is an incredibly profound and also confronting journey because once we step into the realm of magic and mysticism, which I always say, they're very messy and they're very magnificent, you will begin to see yourself and the things around you in a way that just evokes this new sense of sort of deeper truth and it makes you question and we always the the goal is always to stay grounded grounded so that we can play in between the worlds and not have this dissonance between having a your day-to-day life let's say and your mystical magical life there's a bridge that can connect the two and so we can bounce in between them And that harmony and that equilibrium to me is one of the most uh, sought after experiences that we have as human beings and one that is absolutely possible and dare I say necessary so that you don't feel um, that sense of stuck because you're only dialed into the world of the things that you can like, you know, are being presented to you our mind is like a computer that's basically taking in the information around it and outputting certain things. And then our intuitive knowing, it's like this whisper that just sort of comes in and the computer program of the mind doesn't know what to do with it often. So it wants to give it like, what is this? What does it mean? I want to give it meaning. Um, And a big part of leaning into that mysticism and that magic is dialing back. And uh, uh, the practice is more about lessening your fear of the unknown and lessening your discomfort of the unknown so that you can play in the realm of the unknown without really needing any guarantees other than curiosity, soul exploration, and knowing that the things that you pick up in that realm can be transferred in ways into the Known realm, pretty juicy, right? So I went into self advocacy a little more than I expected, and mysticism and all that jazz. But good. I hope you, I hope that served you. The other two themes, um, also big. One of them, I'm going to put it here in the middle. It has to do uh, primarily with people I that I, I want to say a lot of entrepreneurs, people that are generating their own sense of um, business and livelihood through what they are doing um, and are looking for a way more locked-in sense of um, consistency, commitment, and completion. And this is where I want to introduce you to the concept of the carousel. I call this the creatrix carousel. And this is something that came through, again, in the past week and a half or so and it's a symbol and an image that popped in. And then when that happens, my processes, I just really get curious about what else is there. And I write about it and I'll do some, you know, visualizations while I'm bouncing around doing life. Um just sit with it. And more and more as I sit with it, I see how it's something that is is here to impact me in a very personal way. And also I think can be a source of inspiration hopefully for you um so the concept of the carousel has to do with when we're when we're out in the world I'm going to try to synthesize this as much as I can when we're out in the world trying different things doing different things bouncing around and we don't feel like there's a sense of consistency a deep commitment The classic follow-through. This is something that ails so many of us because it's been one of my personal stories since forever. One that I've been working on very diligently. And it's something I bump into all the time as I coach other people. So I know how ubiquitous this is. We bounce around. And if we think about an amusement park, we are bouncing around from ride to ride trying to figure out which ride do I like the best? Which one can I ride on without getting too bored? which one feels good. And then the second that ride no longer feels good or boring or we're like, "Eh, how long can I really do this? We get off or we go off and then we invent a whole new amusement park ride. It's like, you know, party of one, like coming up with creative ideas all the time, party of one, here we go. If you know, you know, and I, you know, and that experimentation of trying different things, I think absolutely has its place. I'm, I'm, I encourage that for sure, because being a creatrix, and this is what I call in the realm of creatrix consciousness, which is a um, uh, um, way of living and being that I've started developing uh, over the past few uh, few years. Creatrix consciousness is basically being at that intersection between the feminine and the masculine of receiving and also creating and taking action, and being an agent for creative expression in the world and create and bringing your light into form, which is the things that you're, you know, uh, that you are passionate about, your gifts, the things you believe in, bringing all that stuff, your ideas, your imagination, your and your story, all of that, bringing it into form. And always knowing that we're dwelling in that space. So there's a big part of experimenting in the laboratory of life that has to go, has to happen. And then there are seasons, and this is where if you're feeling any kind of like, ooh, you're really leaning into this, I recommend we just, we we go at it full tilt and we do it together. I think there's a season right now where many of us are being called to sit on the carousel and ride that carousel for a while let's take through the feeling of going on the carousel we see the carousel at first it's beautiful and shiny the horses look great there's this music playing and it's so like nostalgic it's like oh my god so we get on the carousel and typically it's what like maybe four or five rounds and maybe you really like it so you stay on one more time and you tell, you know, the operator like, oh, okay, I'm going to go again. Great, can I? Awesome. And you see the sights around you. You're going round and round, up and down. And everything is basically the same. Shifts a little bit around, but it's exciting. And then there's a certain point where you go, okay, I'm done with the carousel. And you go and you try another amusement park ride or you go out and invent and create a whole new one that doesn't even exist before. <laughs> what if... We encouraged ourselves and actually created parameters to keep our butts on the carousel ride for a certain amount of time, for a certain amount of rounds, for a certain amount of reps to really, really understand this ride and to basically sit in the space of what does it mean to be consistent, committed, and in completion and not have the shiny amusement park object syndrome, where I immediately go to something else. What happens when we say, okay, great, you know what, I'm going to sit in this carousel a little while longer. keeps going round and round, and you're like, all right, well, I've seen that already like 10 times, that one particular landmark around me, and then I go right back again. People are coming Uh, coming on people are coming off we're still on it the music that at first was oh so charming all of a sudden now becomes like this repetitive maybe even obnoxious loop that we're like oh my god but we say you know what but I made a commitment to stay on this carousel because I'm going to experiment with this feeling of like I'm going to stay put and the staying put is in favor of a vision that we have of something that we want to create that requires that sitting your butt on the carousel. Maybe for you, it's videos, podcasts, newsletter, you know, hosting a certain course or group, taking on a new habit in your personal life, professional life, you name it. I'm sure there's a long list of things. If you feel called, share them in the comments below with a little image of a carousel horse, the emoji. I'm pretty sure there is one. I love it. It's cute. It's cute. So we say, you know what, I have this vision, I have this intention, which will require me to play with this idea of staying on the carousel, so I will stay here, and I will move myself and my mind through the inevitable point where I am so bored, so bored. I'm not suggesting that we replicate old patterns and just keep looping them round and round. I'm not suggesting that we now subscribe to an idea of Well, this is it. Round and round I go and I don't move. I'm subscribing to the idea that we've been avoiding sitting our butt down and doing a certain thing that we know, we know will make us grow and will propel us forward and we avoid it. Why? Because we might be bored. Because what if I sit on this carousel for a while and I don't do the thing I said I was gonna do? What if I look stupid to other people because I'm doing the same thing over and over again? <laughs> There's a whole host of things. So when we sit there and we allow like, the first rounds are like exciting and then the next few it's like, you're like, oh my God, I will, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can't, I'm gonna jump. I wanna jump off, resist the urge to jump off. And I want you to feel this in your body. You can close your eyes just like, imagine you've been on it and you know there's a there's a reason why cuz we also have to lock into that why and whatever you're getting on the carousel for is something that you've most likely been that's been simmering and stirring in your own personal professional goals, dreams, desires for a while but you have not given yourself the chance to actually lock into that carousel horse so you're there And you're feeling that antsiness of like, I really want to get off. But then you take a breath and you remind yourself of why you're doing it. And you take yourself beyond the point where you've jumped off before. This is key. Because as we start something, it's so easy to say, you know what? This time I'm going to keep doing it. This time. But then that moment will inevitably come when you want to jump the heck off the thing. That... Ninja mindset mastery moves. That right there is the choice point where you take a breath and you make a different choice. I'm choosing to make a different choice in those moments that I want to just completely hop off the carousel ride. For me, it's very much in the realm of content creation. And I've created a set of priorities and parameters around how I envision the carousel ride looking like. And I'm also thinking about what will I tell myself, remind myself of, bring into my consciousness at the moment when I'm like, I really, I want to get off. It's okay. Nobody's going to miss me anyway. You know, maybe what I wasn't doing wasn't really worth anybody's time. It was just a silly dream. Um, It's taking too much time. I have other things I need to do. Like, you know, XYZ, all of those things. Because, oh, I know they're coming. They are coming. And I say this now, and I am so self aware of the fact that I'm like, wow, it sounds so cute to say this and be like, yeah, let's do it. And then in that moment, I'm going to be like, Ugh. so I want to have mechanisms in place for my own self to like bring me back into, I'm here. I'm here. This is it. This is it. And one of the things that works for me is a parameter of time. I'm giving myself six months. And I'm trusting that this is enough time for me to see the shifts and changes that, like a product of the carousel in play. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But I know for sure that I've never given myself the proper time to see the results of the things that I want to really, really do that seem very foundational for the things I want to do and how I want to uh, operate in in my business and in my purpose of what I share with the world, which, you know, has also been cultivating over time. So I'm sitting now in a place where, and you might be as well, where one of the themes for 2024 is sit your butt down on the carousel horse and ride the thing until you can... Give yourself a chance to see what's possible. I believe we can do it. So that's one that may not apply to absolutely everybody, but it also might because whether your vibe is sort of like you're building an entrepreneurial thing or you're just longing to click in a new habit, it could might very well have to do with how you care for your body and other things like that and just ways that you want to, like I I also heard about this concept of no plan B, which I'm choosing this whole carousel thing and just has this very like visceral symbolic meaning for me. Like I can really feel <laughs> what that is. But I, I also heard this idea of no plan B and I thought that's so fascinating. And it doesn't have to be an all or nothing conversation because this is not the old school way of doing things where you run yourself to the ground and you overcommit and you overpromise and you overdo and then you still come back to the same place and you repeat the same loop, but you're not really going anywhere. And you could say, well, M.A., carousel's not going anywhere. Well, but here's the thing also as part of the parameters is that you are going to release your focus on a lot of the other amusement rides, and you're just going to bring your focus into this. So you're not going round and round in circles like a broken record. You are in this experience where you are like, okay, I'm going to sit myself here and have an expectation for what the action of just like focusing is going to do for me. Consistency, commitment to self, which Obviously, weaves in the self advocacy conversation because, in order for you to stay committed to that carousel ride, you will have to make some choices that will impact your life right now. The things you're focusing on will impact the things that you're asked to do. So, with love and care and compassion, how can we carve out the necessary space for us to do that? And every one of our situations will be vastly, vastly different. And when I think to myself, well, I don't know what's going to happen in a couple months' time. And, I'm, and and when I say this, I'm talking very specifically about when it comes to my husband's illness with ALS, it's every every week, every month, things change and shift for us dramatically. So part of my internal conversation and struggle around getting on this ride goes like this. Okay, great, you're going to get on the ride. And for me, my parameter that came through loud and clear was... Six months, like calendar six months. <sighs> yeah, that helps me clock into like when I want to get off, remind myself that I committed to doing this for a certain amount of time. And it is a gift. I see it as a gift to my current self and to my future self. That is a gift, right? I really choose to see it that way. So when I'm kicking and screaming, I'm like, it's a gift. So I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of months with Jules. I don't. Why? I can say that because ever since we got the diagnosis back in May of 2020 and March of 2020, which is when we first heard this could be ALS and we really started to notice shifts in his body, every everything has been changing in my life dramatically. So it's been hard for me to uphold a certain r- routine, a certain rhythm. And I had been, I'm going to be very honest, I had been making, I think, a lot of excuses around that with a lot of love, I I love myself deeply, and I have a lot of grace for what I'm going through. So this is not a, this is not a beat up. I don't beat myself anymore, thankfully. Um, sometimes I do, of course I do, but <laughs> a lot less, a lot less. What am I saying? A lot less. But it really comes from I don't know what's going to happen. Um, committing to something feels like not a good idea. And then I go back to well, hold on. If I'm sitting on idle, which is what we talked about in the last video, this sort of like car, this like, and I am literally consuming so much energy in thinking about the things I would like to do in this very specific sort of realm of creating content. And where can I find the sweet spot between the focus and the flexibility so that I have parameters, but I'm also not like locked in in a way that feels like I have no escape. I can't be like completely tied down to something. I have to have like a room to roam. It's like a, it's like a, having a horse, I guess, and like a pen rather than a little room. But I do need that. I need that. Because otherwise then I'm like, oh, look at that mountain over there. That seems cool. Let's go cool. run over there. But there was something else to do in this space. And it doesn't mean I'm gonna be locked in there forever because that will expand over time. And it will give me a sense of more freedom Focus is freeing. Write that down. Focus is freeing. That's along the realm of momentum is magic. I know I go. All these mantras that serve me and I hope support you as well. Focus is also freeing. Focus helps you like lock in so that you don't have to overthink the things you're doing so much and then you just get into a new habit of doing them. Hence the carousel. The creatrix carousel, to be precise, because, you know, we got to be like all magical and really intentional about it. And uh, by the way, I do hold this creatrix consciousness uh, as a concept that's very, very sacred in terms of its potential and possibility. So that's the second one. The third one, and I'm going to wrap this up soon because we've been here for 47 minutes, 48. Thanks for hanging out. Um, the third and final one is the one that has the most possibility to, to be like, like we're all shook. Um, it is this idea that a new dawn breaks and the keyword is breaks. And it's fascinating because this idea of breaks is something that started coming through for me. And I also then heard in another, a couple of other places and spaces, similar veins of this. Um, a new dawn breaks and this evokes like oh my god the sun is shining yes and also there will be breaks visible palpable visceral breaks in structures and systems in relationships in the world around you and most likely in your experience in your life And I'm not saying this to deposit any amount of fear because I always look at life through a lens of possibility. But I want us to also have a sense of respect for what's coming. And understand that the more we work on the concepts that preceded this idea, self-advocacy, leadership, your sense of mysticism and your connection to your spirit, your alignment with that, and also a carousel of what are the things that you want to lock into that you believe in, that you can stick with. Then when things break, you will be that much more prepared, trusting, grounded, head held high, courageous to weather the break, to weather the storm. Big picture, things are breaking in order to be transformed into new things. Big picture, we're working with really big cycles of energy shifting and we've been in that like we know we're no strangers to things feeling really crunchy. What I feel is going to happen next year it's like a whole new dimension of things breaking in order to really reveal and put us face to face with us making clearer decisions on our values and where we stand and how we see that as a a thrust of creation rather than stagnation. The image I got this morning, which I'll share, and it's kind of hilarious but works really well, is a hamster wheel. Imagine you've been on the hamster wheel for a while. You, society, certain countries, certain people, like on the hamster wheel, and you are oh so familiar with this hamster wheel. You know it. You don't even have to think about it. You're just go, 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 right? We've all heard about getting off the hamster wheel. Well, what if the hamster wheel, like the little pole that's holding it to the frame, breaks? It just breaks, just shatters. What will happen to that hamster wheel? And then the hamster inside. So, the wheel might like topple to the side and obviously there's this big like momentum that we build around like this is what I know this is what I do and then it breaks and you literally fall and then you kind of like <laughs> the little hamster gets up and his little like and goes now obviously this has been happening for years and years and years this hamster is not taking a break from the wheel so he, she looks up and she's like okay what just happened I'm very dizzy And she looks at the wheel and she's like, all right, I'll just get back back on and mind This wheel is just completely shattered. I can't put this back on there. So now what? Now what? Well, you get to decide now what. And that feels like, well, yes, but the world is hard and things are hard. We go back to self-advocacy, self-sufficiency, self-agency. Leadership, mysticism, curiosity for, hey, so much that I don't know within me, around me, and let that be a source of delight. So all of those things that we cultivate will help us become the people that we want to be when S-H-I-T hits the fan and things do break. Breaks can be wonderful. What happens after the wheel breaks for the hamster? She gets her bearings and then maybe just goes like, wow, okay, that broke. And then you're like, oh, I want to put this wheel back together because it's what I know. It's what I know. And so that's, you know, let me do that. But you realize you can't. So maybe you look around and you go, "Well, there's all this other stuff to do. And you find a way to get out of your little hamster containment box. If you've had hamsters, you know. I haven't gotten a Skylar... hamster yet although the other day I was at the pet store getting a fish a few fish and they had hamsters and I've had hamsters when I was a little girl and I remember them fondly and also it was sad when they died but you know death is like a we're at a new level with understanding of death in this house and I almost got him a hamster and then I was like wait a minute he's never even asked for one and I paused and I was like what am I doing this like Anyway, total tangent, but, you know. So the hamster's in this containment, and maybe she goes, oh, wait, I can get myself out of here and go roam free and do something else. What could that look like? Into the unknown. It sounds romantic when we think about it, but then when it actually happens, it is scary as heck because you've lost your bearings of what you knew before. This is also in the realm of having, you know, a classic ego death when the way you thought you knew yourself shatters, breaks. And I'll share this as we wrap up, the very personal thing that happened to me earlier this week. I had a moment of a really big breakdown that turned into a magnificent breakthrough and anchored me into a new reality of how I get to show up in this next chapter. It was like a before and after chapter moment, like you cross the book, you turn the page and then you're not going back. Okay, great. I felt symbolically like this glass orb that I had been carrying very tenderly through this very personal situation that happened having to do with my husband and, you know, the 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 hard things we're going through together. It's like that glass orb shattered. It broke to a million pieces. Never to be put back together again the way it was, because that's not possible. But what I felt was happening in that moment is that the pieces of glass were actually meant to melt. And in order to melt glass, you know things have to get really, 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 really hot before the glass melts. And then, with a certain kind of mastery and love and trial and error, you... Take that melted glass and you create something new. What's being created for me is an open vessel or chalice rather than a glass orb. It is something that is open, completely different from what it was before. I invite you to surrender into the idea and possibility of how that's happening for you in your own life. And if you haven't felt it yet, you probably will have a moment like that this year. Don't be afraid of it. And if you feel fear, tell yourself, I may be afraid, but I am here. I am present. Ask for the insights. The insights will come. Surround yourself with people that can understand these ways of interacting with the world, which are new. It's not the majority of us that are having these conversations yet, and that will take some time. But those of us who are, we get to stay together and be like, you feeling that? You feeling that? You feel? Oh, okay, good. It's not just me. Awesome. Check. <laughs> and that is also my intention as I wrap up this very long, juicy video. That is my intention for this space. And so I hope it supports you. I hope it um, intrigues you. I hope it sparks something in you. I hope it makes you just a little bit uncomfortable sometimes as well so that it propels you forward to lean into your own life in a new way. And as we do that, we will blossom and we will radiate out all the beautiful things that we really already are. It's all there. But sometimes it takes something to break for the new thing to be revealed. And it will be magnificent. (sighs) Thank you so much for sharing liking subscribing commenting thank you so much to my beautiful patreons who support my work behind the scenes and on the scene i appreciate you you can find the link for that below if you feel called and you also get some incredible experiences like new moon ceremonies and spells and other cool things that i um, prepare for my patrons and if you're just here passing by i hope this left you somehow inspired to um Enter 2024 with a sense of curiosity, optimism, respect for the energies to come, and an open heart to know that you, my friend, are ready for anything. I send you love and stardust. Be well. See you next time. Adios.